Hey friends, it's Abigail Avisi. Welcome back to Judgment Free Zone. We need vulnerability and empathy now more than ever. I hope you are able to find room for more curiosity, self-compassion, and empathy for yourself and others while you're here. I show up so you can too. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Judgment Free Zone. I always am excited doing this, but again, I'm excited because I have a really great friend on today, and her name is Kate, and I'm going to share a little bit about her. She's a wife, mom of three, and owner of Rooted and Free Co., which you guys can't see unless you're looking on YouTube, but I have her clothes on. It says mama, and I love this but which exists to empower and encourage women through life's messy middle. Passionate about community, creativity, and helping women discover their purpose and walk in their gifts. Kate founded Rooted and Free Co. in 2021 after nearly five years in full-time ministry. It is Kate's greatest hope to create a safe space for women to discover who they are, freely walk in their purpose, and create the life they are have always wanted. Believing in the power of a great outfit and the confidence it can bring to any woman, Kate opened Shop Rooted and Free in 2022, an online women's boutique bringing affordable everyday style to women of all ages and stages. Welcome, Kate. Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm nervous because I feel, again, we both know what you, we both know what we're talking about today super, we're going to be diving into some big vulnerable topics of grief. And I'm so honored and thankful for you to show up in this way, not only for me to be able to sit in this space, but for others to be able to see and listen and know that they're not alone and to be able to hear your story too. So thank you so much for coming on and showing up in this way. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I I feel like excited feels like too much of a hype word for it because it is such a, a hard, heavy topic, but I am excited to talk about it because I feel like we don't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. And what has gone on in the world the last couple of years, I feel like grief should be something that we're talking about more so that we can normalize it more for people. Yeah, absolutely. I do want um, to share a little bit before we get into the topic as well, um, how I know you. Yeah, Just how did we meet? Share um to my people listening that you and I met at um founded and funded Susie School Method um the retreat. It's funny because sometimes when I talk about it, I I mean I know you know, but I didn't sign up for like I mean it was like three weeks before we went to Susie School. So sometimes when I talk about it, I still don't feel like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which is so funny because I'm the complete opposite. I signed up months in advance. Like I think maybe this time last year I was signing up for it and we didn't go until November. Yeah. See, and sometimes I still don't know because I know Brittany's not like really, I don't know what she's doing, like not kind of doing it right now, but I like, I don't, I don't know. Like I follow Susie and I think she's legit, but like, I have no idea like what (laughs) I don't know what I went to, but I made friends and, uh, you know, it really helped me like get motivated by you guys. You guys literally were my key to my success, I think. So thank you so much. Yeah. I would say like right back at you because I, I think we all learned so much at that retreat, you know, even if it's on pause right now, I think that we learned 
things that we needed to for our business. But the thing we all walked away with most is the community that we formed, the friends that we made. And it's so wild to me that a year ago, I didn't know you. And like our little crew that came out of it, I, I feel like I've known you guys for years. And I to know. think that it was, I don't know, eight months ago. <laughs> Shout out to our girls, Daniela and Andy. Right. That's our little core group. And we, I mean, most Fridays we meet and chat. Yeah. It started out as an hour, went to an hour and a half and who knows now we just love seeing each other. (laughs) I'm like, sometimes it's two hours. Sometimes it's like two hours plus Marco Polo's afterwards. It just, sometimes it's me hopping on in carpool line, yelling at orange car, you know, (laughs) which I live for. I live for orange car. I know. I don't know what we're doing with summer now. I haven't seen orange car. I'll see or like a orange car every once in a while and wonder if it's her. And then actually Daniel's usually the one that yells like there's orange car. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's funny. So we'll see if orange car comes back around when school starts again. Anyways, that got off on a tangent, but the point is <laughs> today, <laughs> what's that? Now they can see why our one hour turned into two hours. I know, really, because this is what happens when we start talking. We start talking about random things like orange car, which a lot of people who maybe they don't follow me on Instagram are like, what the heck are you talking about? Well, you're just going to have to follow my stories along during school now. So then you'll know. (laughs) Anyways, okay. So we are talking about a heavier topic today. You guys all know that my phrase is like, I show up so you can too. And I'm very appreciative that Kate is willing to show up as well so that others can show up. So if you want to get into the nitty gritty, can, if you'd be willing to share with us your grief story and some of your journey and go from there. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, So I think that we can all agree that the last couple of years have been really, really hard for all of us. 2020 and the world shutting down with a global pandemic I think rocked all of our worlds. But for me, 2020 started with rocking my entire life. From January 1 on everything that I had known to be true of like what my life currently was, was shaken to the core. And that started with my grandmother um, being admitted to the hospital. And starting, you know, right off January 1st, I'll never forget that date. Um, She was admitted to the hospital and would spend the next four months of her life in the hospital until she passed. And it was, it was such a hard season for our family walking through, you know, multiple surgeries, uh, illness that it didn't come out of nowhere because she had been sick for a while, but the level or I almost don't even know how to say that, but just like she was very, very sick um, in a way that she was not before. And so we spent most of the first quarter of 2020 in and out of the hospital, in rehab centers, in nursing homes, back into hospitals, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And I would say about two weeks after the pandemic, you know, shutting everything down is when she was admitted to the hospital for the last time before she would pass away. And so I really feel like that's where my grief journey starts is coming to terms with someone that I love and someone that I care about so deeply. You know, I, we've talked about it before that grandma doesn't even begin to explain 
or justify like what I felt for her. It doesn't even begin to um, even like explain what a role she had in my life because we were that close and she was everything to me and everything to my kids. And so to watch someone you love so quickly decline and then have the world shut down to where you can't help at all, um, it really, it rocked our world. There's no other way to put it. And when she passed in April of 2020, I'll be honest and say that I went into a really deep, dark place with my grief. Yeah. I don't know that anything prepares you for it, even though we could kind of feel or know it was coming. It was extremely hard on my entire family, but I would say in particular me, I did not handle it well. And I think even two years later, I think there are some days and weeks that I'm still not handling it well. Yeah, no. And I thank you so much for your courage in sharing that. And I do think so many people are going to absolutely relate to what you just said. I mean, the pandemic and then also losing a loved one. And you're right. Like the way the grandma doesn't is she's not doesn't it doesn't give it justice like what she did for you and knowing your story and um how much you love her and how much you still love her and you know I know and I've seen some of the days you know we live by the way far away from each other like you're in Florida and I'm in Arizona and just having those small moments to talk to you too about what you've gone through and what you still go through is mm -hmm. difficult. And I wish I could just come over to your house and be there with you and, you know, sit in that grief with you. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, somebody for, you know, myself, I, I haven't lost someone like to death. And, um, you know, I've watched, I had a, a really close friend who has lost her grandma, her dad and her mom, literally within a few years of each other. And I was there each time that she went through that. And it was, I mean, there's, I know she's, it's, it's very recent. She just lost her mom and how difficult, um, that's been for her and, you know, I can only relate to her in the fact of different ways of like, I went through my divorce, you know, and I think that it's a different kind of loss, but I think all of us talking about and knowing that we can still talk about it together and have that level of empathy is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit on such a key thing right there is that we've all experienced grief and grief doesn't have to just be from the loss of a person. And I think so often grief and death are the two things that are married together. And that when we think of grief, we automatically think of death, whether that's, you know, a family member, maybe an animal, somebody that has lost that they were very close with death and grief are not the only two things that can go together. Grief Absolutely. comes with divorce. It comes with the loss or distance of a friendship. It can come with the loss of a job, maybe a dream. I mean, even looking back through the last two years, right? Like my husband lost his business in the pandemic. Yep. That's something that he is going to grieve over that our entire family is gonna grieve over. And so I think it's important 
to remind people, or maybe it's the first time they're hearing it, is that grief is not just death, that you can grieve any loss, no matter how big or small that is. There's nothing, there's no rule book in grief. Like grief is just grief. Yeah. And I also even want to say something that I actually personally, I would almost feel like I grieve more or had grieved more than my divorce is time. And I think that that's something like in the pandemic, people can definitely relate to is, you know, when I went through my divorce, like I, I got, I lost that time with my babies. You know, I had twins that were very, very little and it can still be so, I mean, I get emotional just talking about it. Like it can be so difficult to look back on pictures still because I had lost so much of that precious time of my babies, like watching them grow up or because I was so, you know, I was in survival mode, you know, trying to work and make sure and get my kids a place to live. And you know what I mean? Trying to take care of my mental health and going through all of that. And that time is still like hurts. And I think that that goes into, you know, something that we definitely wanted to touch on is there's no time limit (laughs) on grief right? There's no timeline and there's no right or wrong way to, mm-hmm. right? Like when I, about six months after my grandma passed away, I realized that I was in such a, a dark place that if I didn't get help, I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. And so I actually started doing grief counseling and a grief recovery and support program, which was so beneficial for me. And I learned so much, but one of the first things that they taught me in there was that there's no right or wrong way to grieve and that there's no timeline on it, that there are going to be moments, you know, one year, 10 years, maybe even 15, 20 years down the line, that something, maybe a picture of your kids when they were babies that are going to trigger those emotions for you. And that's okay. And you have to honor that space that your mind and your body go into when you grieve, because at least for me, when I haven't honored that and I keep pushing forward, my grief just gets worse. I can't work through it and I can't it's almost like it all starts to pile on top of each other because all of these feelings just keep coming up and then guilt comes up and shame comes up and just all of these things that don't allow me to work through that grief and move forward if I don't honor, you know, what I'm feeling in that, in that time frame. Right. No, exactly. And, um, I think that there's, again, like we don't know everyone's story. So obviously when we're running into people, whether we know them or not, like we have no idea if they are grieving something, but I think also like just within friends as well, like seeing other people and knowing what they're going through in a workspace too. I think it could be difficult. I'm trying to say this like really carefully because I know you and I both have had work-related issues as well around grief. And it's really, you know, at the end of the day, when we're in our own shame, you know, I've said this multiple times that when we're in our own shame, there's no room for empathy. And so I, again, can have empathy for one, knowing I've been there too, that when Mm -hmm. I'm in my own shame, I can't have room for empathy, but then also just being the person on the other end when there is, when they are in their shame, how difficult it is for us that are grieving, you know, in the workplace that, 
you know, I was going through a divorce and working at a coffee, local coffee shop (laughs) and like the amount of things that were going on and how little I felt cared about Mm -hmm. is infuriating, honestly. (laughs) And so I know that you went through some very difficult and similar and I would say even more touchy (laughs) because you were in ministry. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think, um, and I definitely want to go into that, but I think like something that came to mind when you just said that is I think one of the hardest parts about grief is that life moves on for everyone else, right? Like people are coming in and they're ordering coffee and they're going about their day. And this person, your coworker is coming in and they have their own things that they're working through good and bad. And it can feel like, well, why is the world still moving around me? Like, don't you, there are so many times where I wanted to scream, like, don't you know that I just lost my grandma? Like, I don't care what your coffee order is. Right. And that's not a, it's not a response that I'm proud of. Right. Like I, that's definitely not who I am, but in those moments of grief, it just feels so overwhelming for the world to keep spinning around you when you're carrying something so heavy. Yeah. Well, again, like I said, when we're, you know, in shame and we can't have room for empathy. And I'm not saying that you were necessarily in shame in that moment, but the interesting thing is, is what I hear from you is like, well, I'm grieving somebody asked for a coffee order and I'm like, what the heck? And that's where the shame came in mm-hmm. is that moment. And again, it, you know, I think it all ties into the fact that like, how do we understand what other people are going through? Like how this truly affects. And that's why we do want to talk about it because we need to normalize it and understand that like some days are harder than others. And like, <laughs> I mean, to continue on after something like that just happened is already should be like, we should be bowing down to those people. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, like looking, knowing your story and looking back at my own, like, wow. Like we are super humans just to go through what we did and to continue on running a family and a business, whether it was our own or working for someone else, like my God, woman, like we were just seriously. (laughs) Yes. And so many women who are walking through that right now, right. Or men and women who are walking through that right now, that there is this huge loss that they just suffered from, but Monday's coming or, you know, Thursday's coming, like whatever the day is, it's coming. And there are still responsibilities that you have to get through. It's it is no easy task holding grief and holding your real life responsibilities that keep moving forward in the same hands. Yeah. So and there's not a lot of room for compassion for it. No, there's not. It, it, and that goes with the fact that we are such a instant gratification and fast paced society that how could you even stop to consider your mental health? We have too much going on. Absolutely. Which is what I experienced in the workplace. And that was really difficult for me because like you said, at the time I was working in full-time ministry. And so I thought that the church would be the safest, most compassionate place for me. And when I was not met with that for longer than just a few days, it was really, really hard 
to walk through. It was hard to walk through, well, this is my place of work and I understand the expectation and the needs, right? For me to go back to work. But at the same time, this is my church. This is the place that people go to grieve and are met with compassion and love and gentleness. And, you know, I can recognize looking back now that some of that was how I was interpreting it, right? Like in your own grief, you're not necessarily, everything that I was hearing wasn't necessarily what everybody was saying, right? Right. And I can recognize that. Um, But there were also some some things that were said and some things that were done that it was not met with compassion or, you know, with understanding that you're grieving this huge loss and the whole world shut down. And we're also trying to walk with people who are also grieving. And I was not mentally and emotionally in the state to be able to keep pushing forward. Right. So what did you do? Yeah. So gosh, a whole lot of things. So one, I will say that walking through that situation, working in ministry, it rocked my faith really hardcore. I started to kind of retreat away from my faith in a way. I was angry. I was hurt. I was frustrated, you know, this is kind of like a roundabout way of answering this. So that's <laughs> hopefully okay. that's okay. Yeah. Um, but some of the things that were said to me were, I think that they were said to be helpful, but they were the complete opposite. It made my grief even worse because it started adding in that guilt and that shame. So some of the things were, well, you should be fine because you know where she is. You know that mm-hmm. she's in heaven. She's healed and she's whole and she's with Jesus. And so like, why aren't you celebrating that? Mm. Or things like, well, you know that this was part of God's plan, or you know that this was his will. And so you need to be okay with that. And while I believe all of those things, and while I know that though, because of my faith, I know that those things hold truth. Those were not helpful in the moment for me. And it started to make me feel like, well, like, what, what do I believe if I'm having this hard of a time? Like, am, am I a good Christian? Am I a good leader? Like, am I, like, am I believing what I say that I believe? And if so, how, like, how am I moving forward and why am I stuck here? And that guilt and that shame just ate away at me to the point where physically my body started completely shutting down. Well, and I just want to say, oh, I mean, so many things as you've talked, like <laughs> I can relate to. Um, but the difference between um, guilt and shame is guilt is like something happened and like that sucks, or I did something. And shame is like something's wrong with me. It's that message of I'm like, I'm defective, like I'm not enough. And so guilt is more like it, it's a mistake or something happened. And so I think that that's really important because it makes sense why you shut down (laughs) when you're feeling like truly like my God is even going to reject me or my God, like how, what, of course, like if I'm not going on and doing this, like what is wrong with me? Like, those are the message I is I'm hearing. Tell me if I'm, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's just, how could that, 
how could you not feel that way? Like yeah. what a lonely, what a lonely like space to be in that you just lost someone. And then also feeling like how, what, what's wrong with me? Why can I not be better? Why can I not just move on? And, you know, I think that, I don't know if this is totally going off, but I feel it's important to say like, that I think two things that one, I think that God gets a bad rap. I think that these messages, um, that are said to us in lots of ways are not the way that God would respond at all. (laughs) And then, um, two, God gave us emotions and that includes fear, sadness, anger. It's not just all joy. I mean, we cannot have pain without joy. And I know that it might seem, I don't know what the right word would be. It might seem weird to say, but I mean, it goes along with the same reason why I'm doing this podcast or why I'm even talking to you about it. Like I, my podcast brings joy and I hope it brings joy to others, but also we talk about really hard things. And, you know, I would, I mean, you listened to my last, my first podcast I released, like was a very hard topic too. Um, and I just, you can't have pain without joy is my point. No, we appreciate each other. Justin, I feel joy and I feel connected just talking to you. And I hope others feel joy and connection hearing your story. I hope that as well. And I, I feel like that's been my biggest prayer is that, you know, even through my questioning or through that guilt and that shame, I'm doing the work to come out on the other side. And if I can walk through that sorrow to show someone else that there is joy that can be held within that same journey, then I feel like I've done my job. Not that it's my job, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I, I don't want to walk through this and just feel like it's for not, you know, even when I think of my grandma, her greatest joy was connecting with people and making sure that people knew that they were never alone. Like if you needed somebody to jump in a ditch with you, she's there. She's probably in the ditch before you are like waiting with open arms. And that's how I want to be. I want her memory and my healing through this deep sorrow that I've been through to be able to show people that there is joy and, and it can be held at the exact same time. And then there's also going to be moments where you're only holding joy or you're only holding sorrow. And those times are okay as well, but those two can intermingle. And I, like I have written in my journal so many times, like, do not let Jesus get a black eye for his people. (laughs) Like that's been my saying over the last couple of years, because even though my faith has been rocked and shaken and I've questioned things, I can recognize that that is my pain and I don't want to lose faith in Jesus because that's a core of who I am because of what people have said to me. And so that's something that I've held really close to me. And, you know, I know it's a funny little saying, but no, it is I love it. Recenter. <laughs> yes. And again, the thing is, is when we just to wrap it back around is that because you have had this pain, which is unbelievably <laughs> horrific and hard and so much sorrow 
the pain, you're able to connect with others. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can realize and hopefully know that we're not alone and that there are others that are going through and have gone through what we we've gone through similarly, whether it's between death or a divorce or time and all of these things. And, you know, I do think that we need to normalize it for sure. And that's why we're talking about it. And so I guess I wanted to um, ask you too, around death specifically, um, you know, I think when I was going through my divorce, it's like, that's all you could talk about. So it's easy. <laughs> um, time, I would say is not talked about as much, even still, again, it could be touchy for me. Um, but I remember having a conversation with my friend and again, I hope, I know other people I'm sure can relate to what I'm going to say on the fact that like, sometimes it can be scary to bring it up to someone who has lost and something my friend had shared with me. I was that she really appreciated me bringing up her grandma and dad and now mom, that it was really therapeutic for her because she got to talk about them. And it brought, you know, even though, again, that pain and joy, even though it brings pain, it was, she got to reminisce and talk about things. And I know that that's one person. So I was just curious, like for you, is that how you feel as well? Yeah, I think that it's come in waves for me. I think that in the very beginning, you know, maybe in the first year, it was really hard for me to talk about it. It was really hard and I think that part of it is that when I lost my grandma, I developed this really intense fear of also losing my grandfather at the mm -hmm. same time, that it's been like one of my greatest fears throughout my entire life, that when I would lose one, I would lose the other. And a lot of that came from, I have a very broken, abusive, traumatic childhood, and my grandparents were the only stability that I knew. And so like when I close my eyes and I think of my family unit outside of my husband and my kids, I think of my grandparents. And when I think of not having them, it brings up so much fear for me. And so I think that in talking about my grandma's death and talking about her on, on one hand, I would want to talk, talk about her. Right. On another hand, it brought up so much anxiety and so much fear, I don't even know another word for it, that I would almost shut down. And I think that's when I got to the point where I was like, I need help because I want to be able to talk about her. And now that I've, I've gone through counseling, I've gone to multiple doctors to talk about my physical health and how that has been greatly impacted by my grief, um, my mental and emotional health. Like I've gotten the support to be able to get to a place now where I absolutely wanna talk about her. Even if I break down crying, I want to know that she's not forgotten. I want to be able to tell stories about her. And I do want someone to meet me there, even if I start crying or if I start laughing, I want her memory to stay alive. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, you know, something that has been sprinkled in here as we've been talking the whole time is I know that, you know, my followers really know obviously how important therapy is <laughs> to me. 
Um, but just to say, like you've brought it up a couple of times too, like it really is such a big piece, whether you are going to a grief meeting or, you know, I've gone into group therapy or I've been going to therapy for years. You know, I just went on a therapy retreat. Like it, it really is so important to have that community and just that third person who's gone to school for it, who has understanding of the brain, who, you know, is somebody who specifies probably in grief for you, you know, and divorce for me and what I was going for. Like there are people out there who truly do want to help and show up for you. Absolutely. And that was a key in my healing journey because grief made me feel so alone. I felt so isolated. Like even going back to that, like coffee story, like I felt like I was sitting in my grief and everything else is just moving forward. And I felt so alone. Yeah. And the moment that I started doing my grief recovery program and my grief counseling, I finally felt like I wasn't alone. Yeah. And I I don't even know if I realized how isolated in my grief I felt because people around me were also grieving. Right. And I think it was easy to say, well, that person understands or that person understands, or my family is also grieving, but to have a trained professional who knows how to meet me where I am and knows how to not just meet me there with compassion, but also has the tools that help me pull out of it, right? Like it's one thing to meet me there, but now I need help with, with next steps. And that was, I don't think that I would be where I am today if it wasn't for going to therapy. Yeah, no, I 120% agree with you. (laughs) I would not be where I am today without therapy. And I think that, you know, what you said is spot on about the therapist being able to bring you to the next step. And I think that I think that with grief, maybe I hope people can understand what I'm about to say is that I actually, you know what? I know people are going to be able to understand what I'm about to say is that most of the time we don't need life lessons. (laughs) And I think that it can be really easy to go into that, um, for when we're talking to our friends or talking to people and 80% of the time, we just want to be heard. You know, Mm -hmm. we want someone to hear our story and we want somebody to listen to our grief and to just show up and be there. And I just want to encourage people in that space that to know that your presence is enough, like Mm -hmm. you sitting and showing up and asking like how to be there and just listening like that is enough too. And it's okay if your friend doesn't want to talk about it. Like you were saying in the beginning, like, I think that that's really important to say too. Like if you're not there in that space, like to say like, Hey, this is too hard to talk about right now. I really appreciate you talking to me about it. You know, maybe I'll bring it up again, or maybe even say like, it. Just, everybody's different with what they need. Like maybe even say like, Hey, don't stop asking me, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> having that dialogue with the, your friends in that space. And I think on the other side of that is don't stop asking. I think that, you know, even looking at my own journey, I, as soon as you were saying that one of my friends came to mind and as I was shutting down, she never stopped. She would still check on me. She would like randomly drop food off at my house or just randomly send me like a text message or, you know, 
she would just do little things so that I knew she was there. Even when I didn't know that that's what I need, it helped me so much because I knew that when I was ready, I knew who I could go to. And I think that that's, it's so hard to be on the other side because you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to do the wrong thing. You don't want to, you know, show up with food if they've said that they don't want food, right? Like it's really hard to know what to do. But I think that you like hit the nail on the head with saying, you just have to show up. Your presence is enough. And with technology, like your presence could be through a text message, through an email, just something that lets them know I see you and I love you and I'm here for whatever you need whenever you're ready. Those were things that in my deepest, darkest hours, I would know like, oh, this is who I can go to because I know that this is a safe person that will meet me exactly where I am. Yeah. And it's so important. And I just want to say too that, you know, for me, I didn't have a safe place when I was going through my grief. And that's why I think that, you know, the outlets we're talking about are so important, you know, whether it is a grief counseling group or just even a grief, grief group or therapy or whatever it is like, it's okay. If you have to pay for that group, (laughs) I know that like, there can be shame around that, but seriously, like I did not have family when I went through my divorce, you know, I did not have church support. You know, I truly am would not be here without my therapist. Like, I don't believe it. Like, I really don't, you know, it was so dark and so hard. And I am so thankful for my therapist and group therapy that there were people in that room, even though they didn't know me knew what I was going through because we were all going through similar things and that I was able to just show up as me and be a mess and be in that space. And that's what got me through truly. It's, I believe it is the best money that you can spend. It is the best investment that you can make in yourself. And I like, I had many people around me who wanted to be there but for whatever reason, it did not feel like the right support for me. And that's okay too, right? Like recognizing that my husband, as much as he tried to be there, he grieves in a completely different way. And he couldn't give me what I needed to move past or not past, but like move forward, right? To get out of that really dark hole that I was in, I needed an outside party, right? Well, and too, like when I was going through all of that, I mean, I don't know if I was just naive to social media at that point, I could be wrong, but also like how many free outlets there are now that are so accessible. So I think that, you know, there is an Instagram page for everything and a community out there for everything, truly. So type in what you need, whether it's grief or not, and find that community and that space for you that you can feel like you have a place and your story matters and reach out to those people. I mean, I know for me too, like I want to hear from my people and you know how much I hate Instagram in general, but my community is different. I'm like, no, I like you guys. I don't like Instagram. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I want to hear from you, you know, like I want to show up. I want to be here. I want you to know that this is a place where your voice matters and that you matter. And I know that there's other platforms like that as well. Absolutely. And even I would say like within your own community, I think that if you're willing to be that person, you know, it takes just raising your hand a little bit. You know, I've gone on Instagram a couple of times when I've had a really bad day and reached my hand out and said, I'm here. If you're also walking through this, you are not alone. I want to be a resource for you. And I think that's important too, that you may not be there in your journey right now with whatever type of grief you're walking through. But when you get to that, if you're willing, also raise your hand so that people know, because they may not know to search on Instagram or they may not feel comfortable doing that. But if I say, oh my gosh, I maybe I've been on the fence about therapy or, you know, something. And I'm like, Abigail talked about that. I would feel very comfortable reaching out to you and talking to you about that. And so I've really, something that I've consistently and constantly tried to lean into in my community, both on Instagram and in life outside of Instagram is that I want to be that person for someone. I want to be able to raise my hand and say, you are not alone in whatever you're walking through. And you can talk to me as a safe place. That is something that I hold very near and dear to my heart and something that I, I, I want my legacy when I am, you know, old and gray, I want someone to say about me, well, she reached her hand out for me when I needed it because people did that for me. Yeah. Well, you do it for me. Yeah. So thank you. Same. <laughs> so what I know we've gone around a bunch of things and we could probably talk forever and more things. And, you know, maybe we will again sometime <laughs> talk more in depth about different things, but what would you like people to walk away knowing? So I think we've touched on it a lot, um, but I think that it's worth repeating. And the two things that I want people to walk away with from this episode or knowing about grief is one that you're not alone that there are resources available for you. And if it's not in your community, that's okay. It's okay to reach outside of your community and get that because you don't have to walk through it alone. And I would even venture to say that the worst thing that you can do is walk through it alone. Yeah. So reach your hand out to someone somewhere where you feel comfortable and get that support around you. And, you know, we talked about it before. If I can be that person for someone, it would bring me the greatest joy to be able to walk alongside of someone and let them know that they're not alone. Um, so that would be the number one. And then number two, just reminding people that there's no timeline or right or wrong way to grieve. Um, I think that's when all of that shame can come up. Yeah. Um, and just the, the best thing I learned in my grief counseling was that I don't have to do it a certain way and that it doesn't matter how many years or days and months it's been, it's okay to feel the way that I feel. It's okay to honor those feelings without anything else. Like that's a complete sentence. Yep. It's okay to feel the way that you feel. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Definitely. Okay. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. <laughs> so I do want to ask my question about the gift of you. Um, 
also, I want to, if you have a joyful memory that you could share with us about your grandma, I know that that's on the spot. Do you have one? Like, even if it's little. I do actually. Um, So you mentioned in the beginning of the show that I started Shop Rooted and Free. I started it in January of this year. And when I was going through my grief, I kept like, I kept wanting to do something that would honor my grandma and honor our time together. And if you know my grandma, you know that she loved people. But if you put people aside, she loved shopping so much. Like (laughs) when my grandfather and I cleaned out our closets and everything, I mean, it just kept going and going (laughs) and going. And we laughed so hard about it when we were cleaning out her closet because she loved to shop so much. And some of my fondest childhood memories are of her picking me up on Friday mornings and she would take me to the Sizzler for lunch and we would go to the mall and we'd start at (laughs) JCPenney. every single time. And so, you know, my hope with my store is that it can be a place where generations come together and have those Sizzler and JCPenney moments together where they can shop and laugh. And I just, I have so many memories of us holding hands, walking through the mall and us sharing little silly moments all through those days. Those, I mean, I could share so many stories, but that is definitely one of the first things that come to mind. And so part of the reason I started it was to honor my grandma and to honor those incredible memories and those joyful memories that I have with her. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love you so much. I I know that I say it and just for people who haven't heard me before, but joy really is the most vulnerable emotion. And to hear memories like that and know how close you were to her really does bring me so much joy. And just to know your business too. Uh, and I, I can picture, I mean, I know we've shared, I've sent you pictures of ironically enough, my therapist's office because of your colors and, you know, talking about how you picture people sitting on the couch and drinking champagne and going through it. Like I see your vision and how amazing it is and is going to continue to be and those moments that people really are going to have and have already had with you so thank you so much actually at my last pop-up I started crying because a grandma and her granddaughter were like in my pop-up shopping and I was like oh how are you is this mom's daughter she was like this is my granddaughter and I was like Oh my gosh. And so it was also really beautiful to share about my memories and my stories with my grandma yeah. as well. And to see them doing exactly what I hoped my shop would do. Just, it brings me an incredible amount of joy. Yes. I love that. So what is the gift of you or a gift, one of your gifts? I would say that one of my gifts is my willingness to go first, um, especially when it comes in the space of being vulnerable. I think that, you know, I mentioned it very briefly before, but I grew up in a very um, chaotic, traumatic childhood. And I was taught for a very long time that you hold things in, you don't say anything, like your business is your business. And 
it wasn't until I realized that community is actually the way that I heal that I realized how important being vulnerable is. And so I really, I always want to go first if no one else is willing to. I think that that's something that is very important to me. And it's something that I've worked on for a really long time where I can say, I think that it's a gift of mine is to be able to say, I will share my story very vulnerably. I will share the ups and downs and that messy middle that I talk about because life is hard and we shouldn't have to hold it in and we shouldn't have to go through it together. And so if I can create that space for someone else, that is exactly what I feel like I was put on this earth to do. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, thank you for creating that space for people. I think that the work that you're doing is so important for so many people, but for women especially. I think that so often we feel like we have to be the strong ones for everyone and to just know that we don't have to be. And that we can meet each other exactly where we are and that we can create those spaces where you can come and just lay it all out on the table and you're going to be met with love and compassion and empathy and whatever you need. And I think that you create that space so beautifully. And I'm so, so excited for the work that you're doing and for the lives that it's going to impact. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's my pride. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate that so much. And that, I mean, what you said is what I'm trying to do. So keep it well, going. You're doing it, girl. Thank you, you are doing it. Thank you. Well, Kate, where can we find you? And what are you up to? And then I also want to say, you guys know she does clothes. She's given y'all a fancy little discount. And yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a good discount on clothes, right? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. I also don't love Instagram, but I love my people on Instagram. Exactly. You can find me there. <laughs> um, so I'm at Hey Kate Rogers and Shop Rooted and Free. Um, and then I also have my websites as well, which I know you'll link in the show notes. Yes. And if they go to shoprootedandfree.co, if they use Abigail 15, it is 15% off the entire website. Hey, hey, hey. hey. You can get this cute. Do you have any more of these? I love I them. I do. Oh I have a couple gosh. more left. So adorable. I love it. And so cozy. It really That's what is. I, love about it. <laughs> I know. Except for the fact that it's a hundred and like something degrees here in Arizona today, but I had to wear it because I had to show everybody, but it's okay. But anyways, thank you again so much for coming on and showing up and being so vulnerable. And I'm sure you'll be back on because you're you and you're awesome. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. It was yes. Well, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks friends for listening in. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you'd like to be more involved in our community, hop over to Instagram and find me at Abigail Levisi. Keep showing up. I will too. See you next time.